We're so grateful that you're able to join us this morning virtually. We'd love for you to be here as we say every week, but we understand why we can't do that right now. But we are glad that we have a way to um, share our worship services and worship together as a family. Today is a little bit different in that uh, Todd was planning to be here, and um, one of the family members has been uh, diagnosed with uh, COVID, and they're all having to be in quarantine right now. So I would ask that you remember their family in prayer as they're going through what they're going through with uh, the passing of ZT and uh, getting ready for that service and not sure what they're going to do at this point. So just remember them in your prayers in, in the days ahead and pray that God will give them peace and comfort during this time. We also want to continue to remember all the other people who have lost loved ones, the Hood family, the Jenkins family, and the Winters family all this week. Uh, we surround them with our prayers and, and we pray that uh, the peace and comfort that comes only from God will surround all of our families who are grieving this week. But we thank you for joining us for worship this morning, and uh, we pray that even as we are worshiping virtually, we pray that you feel God's presence as we worship him in spirit and truth. We are honored this morning to have Ellie Baker come and share with us. She's going to come and lead us in worship. Ellie, thank you for being here, and thank you for leading us. You come at this time. Space. 
Amen. Thank you, Ellie, for leading us so beautifully and reminding us to come to the manger and adore Christ the Lord. Today is the second week of Advent, and it's time when we remember the gift of peace that we have in Jesus Christ. Peace is a gift that we must prepare for and must work for, and God gives us the gift of peace when we turn to him working together in faith. Through John the Baptist and all other prophets, God has asked us to prepare the way of the Lord, whom the prophet Isaiah calls the Prince of Peace. And as the Baker family lights this candle today, we look with hope for that day that Christ's peace will reign in our hearts, in our homes, in our communities, and certainly in our world. And as this candle has been lit, we are reminded to work for that peace that Christ has come and for it to take root in us. Let us pray together. Loving God, we thank you for the gift of peace you give through Jesus Christ. Help us today to prepare our hearts for the Lord's coming by working for Christ's peace to take root in our family. And we ask this in the name of the one born in Bethlehem, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This week you should have received in the um, by via email and on our website. It talked about all of our decorations here in the sanctuary. Jessica was so uh, wonderful to be able to come in and take some pictures just to show you what all of this represents and what it means during the Advent season. And we hope you'll take the time to look at that and meditate on that and let God speak to your heart through all the symbolism of what we're seeing in the sanctuary today. Also, Todd will be speaking today. Uh, we will be running his sermon from the Sunday of Peace last year. So if you see a big crowd in the sanctuary, we want you to know that we don't have that many people here today. Uh, but he will be speaking uh, later in the service today. Right now, I want you to join with me as we sing together, Angels We Have Heard on High.
as our worship team leads us, you join as we sing together and worship together.
That is a beautiful song and reminder 
uh, in this season. May that be the anthem uh, in this season of what can be trouble and difficulty, that we serve a God who is still great and worthy of our praise, our devotion, and our attention. And thank you for tuning in this morning to worship and to set aside time to worship the Lord. We're thankful for a church that has a commitment to show up and to worship God. And each morning and each service, uh, we have an allotted time of prayer. There used to be prayer at the altar. Now it's just prayer wherever you are. And it's an opportunity that we have to do just what we've sung about, to lift our eyes from the problems and the chaos of this world to a worthy and powerful almighty King. You know, I'm reminded of a passage in scripture that comes from Matthew chapter seven. In Matthew chapter seven, verses 24 through 27, it says this, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. And what does this have to do with prayer? It's about two houses. But I think that this message is very clear that we are called to build our lives on the rock solid foundation of Christ through prayer. And when we build our lives on anything else, it'll fall. You know, there's also a a section in Luke that the disciples come to Jesus after his great ministry and they say, Lord, teach us to pray, reminding us that all the other activity is secondary to prayer. And so we have an opportunity to do just that. Would you take time as I pray to also pray and to ask and examine your heart and ask that the Lord would speak to you this morning. Let us pray together. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and to worship you, to come and to connect with you, Lord. Thank you for our health and thank you, Lord, for being an available on time, God. We praise you and honor you this morning. We repent of anything that's come between us and you. We ask that you'd forgive us for building our lives on any other foundation than you. Tear down our faulty foundations that we would return humbly and hungry for you again, Lord. Lord, forgive us when we've wasted downtime in this season. Thank you for your grace and your love extended towards us that picks us back up no matter how many times we've fallen. Lord, would you redeem our minds and our soul? We repent of anything that's come between us, Lord. We repent of any lukewarm, half-hearted devotion. We pray that you would purify and sanctify us again, Lord Jesus. Use us as your hands and feet. Use us as instruments of righteousness, Lord Jesus. Let us be light in a dark world. We now come into your presence and asking you for direction and anointing and peace. Lord, you're still a miracle working, life giving, empowering, all knowing God. Lord, I pray right now that you would give peace to the Lester family this morning and the lost of the ZT. Lord, we pray that you would also give Todd wisdom and direction and vision as he leads the church in what can be tricky, tricky territory. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to be glorified through his life and in their family, Lord, that you would give them peace and, and Lord, continued uh, guidance from you, Jesus. We pray for the Herndons and the Jenkins and their loss as well, Lord, that you would guide them and give them peace and hope. And Lord, that you would wrap your arms and your presence around them and be with them during this time. Lord, we pray that you would bring peace and healing to anyone in need, those in our community and in our nation. Would you in your abundant power bring a spirit of revival to the church again? Burden our hearts for the lost. Wake us from our slumber and lift us to be your hands and feet once again, Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would bless families in this time with peace and unity. When they're in close quarters and stuck together, Lord, that they would build one another up and they would use this time to grow closer together and closer towards you. Lord, we pray that you would use this time to bless students as they've adjusted to a whole new norm of school. We pray, Lord, that you would give them commitment 
to continue to walk in excellence in their school and in their grades and in their walks with you, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would bless marriages and that you would bring peace and unity to marriages in any way that the enemies try to attack and distract and destroy. We pray, Lord, that you would be victorious. You'd give victory in marriages. We pray that you would bless our government officials, Lord God, that you would give them wisdom and guidance. We pray that you would bless this church, Lord, and all the churches across the world that preach your name and your truth. Lord, we pray that you would empower us to grow this season and to build our lives on the foundation that won't move and that won't fall. We yield to you, Lord. We say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. This is your church and we are your people. This is your service, Lord. It's for your name and your glory alone. Would you continue to be exalted and magnified here at Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church? Would you continue to expand our territory, Lord, and bless our congregants, Lord, to continue to see you and move forward faithfully and victoriously. We praise you for your spirit and your power. We praise you for your goodness, Lord. And may your kingdom come and it will be done. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading today is taken from Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, and then from 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then from 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. May God add his blessings this morning to the reading of his word. Sarah Smith is going to come now and lead us in worship. Sarah, will you come? Flowered lily 
for many years now, I've been uh, sharing a, a joke uh, with you guys at the beginning of a message, and, and sometimes uh, maybe it's one you've heard before. This past Friday evening, my family and I went out to eat uh, with uh, our family at a restaurant, ran into another family from here at the church, and we went over to say hi at the table. It actually was a Kent family. And uh, they said, Todd, we want to share this uh, joke with you. And, and they told a joke. And, you know, sometimes when people have, have told me a joke and I've heard before, I, I don't want to interrupt. I want them to get to the punchline. And, and then I laugh as if I've never heard it before. And, and I expect you all to do that in just a moment when I share this <laughs> joke with you. But it, it seemed to be appropriate for the occasion and for this, for this uh, message today. But... There was a woman who was uh, not able to sleep. She was having a reoccurring dream. And in this dream, she would dream that she was a teepee. And then she would dream that she was a wigwam. And this would happen every night. She was stressed out because she couldn't rest. So one day she told her husband, she said, honey, I, I am having just the worst time. I, I cannot rest at night. I keep having this reoccurring dream. I dream one night I'm a TP and one night I'm a wigwam. And he said, well, you need to go to the doctor. So she goes to the doctor and she begins to tell her doctor. She said, doctor, I don't know. I haven't been able to rest in over a week or two. And I just keep having this reoccurring dream. I'm a, I'm a TP and I, I'm a wigwam. She goes, what, what in the world do you think it could be, doctor? He said, you're too tense. Life can be stressful. Whether you're trying to meet a deadline at work or you're trying to keep up with your children's busy schedules, whether it's a health issue you're dealing with, or maybe you're a student and you're here at crunch time at final exams or, or final tests, or whether it's making Christmas preparations, Life can be stressful, and I believe most of us here today would all agree that we want peace in our lives, but yet many times we have stress and we have anxiousness. Uh, I know we just said that tests can be a stress, but I want to give you a little stress quiz. It's a fill in the blank, and you can fill in the blank if you know the answer, and you can say it out loud. I am ready to throw in the... I am at the end of my, I am at my wits. If you answered all those correctly, you are now, congratulations, an expert on stress. Congratulations, you, you nailed it. You, you have gotten the answer. In our scripture passage today, we see the church at Colossia is going through a stressful season. This was a church that had only been in existence about five or six years. And Paul wrote this church because these young Christians were being tempted by false teachers to be led astray. You see, they were teaching a Colossian heresy, which was a form of Gnosticism that taught that salvation came from a special or secret knowledge 
basically they were saying that Jesus Christ is not enough to save you. Paul refuted that false doctrine, and he was preaching and teaching that Jesus Christ is enough. He's completely adequate, and he is all supreme. He is all sufficient, and Jesus Christ is all you need for salvation. And I don't know what you're going through today. Maybe you're going through a, a stressful season in your life, and you're battling some anxious feelings or battling some fear. But know today that Emmanuel, God is with you, God is with us, and that God can speak to us, and God can comfort us, and God can strengthen us, and God can give us hope. But we must cling to the hope that we have in Christ, and we must experience the peace of God. And when we allow the peace of God to come into our lives, then we will have his rule in our hearts. His rule in our hearts. That's what our passage says in verse 15 of Colossians chapter 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Did you know that we experience peace when we have the attitude of Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior? I think about what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, when he says, Since we have been justified by our faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we have been justified, it means just as if we have not sinned. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he connected that broken relationship when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden and when pain and suffering and worry and fear and death came into the world, Jesus Christ made our relationship right with God. We were once his enemies, but we have been justified. We have been saved through our faith. And as a result, we have peace. And look, if you're here today and you do not have that peace, before you can have peace with anything or anyone else, you must have peace with God. And I don't know what you're going through today, but if you don't have peace with God, that's our foundation. That's our faith that we would build upon when we have peace with God. And it's my prayer today that you would experience that peace, when it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, that literally means, it's an athletic term, to act as an umpire. It means to preside over your heart, your mind, your soul, to govern over your life and my life. And that's what the peace of Christ does. It, it rules in our hearts. And, and protects us from tumult and protects us from, from uh, the difficult times that come, irregularities. It protects us from those types of things in life that gets us down when we have the peace of Christ. It's a, an inward safeguard that, that presents itself in an external evidence. And that's exactly what the peace of Christ does. But I want to ask you this question. 
Who or what is ruling your heart today? Who or what is ruling your heart? Is the love of money ruling your heart today? Gotta have more money, gotta have more money. I gotta have that money. Is the love of money ruling your heart? What about sports? Sports have just taken over and it's ruling our lives. More sports, I need more sports. My family, my children need more sports. Is sports ruling your heart? Or maybe it's uh, social media. Some of you are probably on Facebook right now while I'm preaching right now. Don't tell me you're watching the service on live stream. We're live right now. I'm looking at my Bible app. <laughs> Social media rules our hearts. Maybe it's video games, young people, rules our hearts. Maybe it's possible that an addiction is ruling your life and ruling your heart. It's possible that it's an immoral relationship, an unhealthy relationship is ruling your heart and ruling your mind. Maybe, maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's anger, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's worry, maybe it's fear. But if anything or anyone else is ruling your heart other than Christ, you're never going to be at peace. So many people look to fill that void in their lives with things that are temporary, but we must focus on things that are eternal, which is our faith in Jesus Christ. I think about what Paul said back in Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been raised with Christ, that's assuming that we've died with him, Remember when Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Jesus Christ now lives in me. Since we have been, that's assuming we've died with him, since we have been raised with Christ, we are to set our hearts on things above where Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then he goes on to say, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, because earthly things are temporary, and they'll one day pass away, but only in our faith in Christ is eternal. This past Wednesday night at our prayer service, and I always like to share with people, I'm grateful that we actually pray at our prayer meetings. We have prayer meetings. I mean, we pray for people. We have a prayer list, and I might do a devotion or a Bible reading, and then we spend time in prayer on a prayer list or people sharing requests, and I'm so thankful that we are a church. That's the power source that runs the Spirit of God in this church. We're only gonna be as strong as our prayer lives. And I'm so grateful that we believe in the power of prayer. And this past Wednesday night, my heart was, was broken when a dear brother in Christ, who's one of our deacons, Larry Demerit, who's been battling cancer, and, and Larry's already exceeded what the doctors told him however many years ago. Larry came to me and he said, Pastor, pray for me. He said, I found out today that cancer is in my lungs. And I said, I'm so sorry, Larry. I will pray. And you know what Larry said, which is so typical if you know Larry? 
Larry said, and he's here today, Larry said, Pastor, we are not just to have faith when things are going well, but we are to have faith when things are not going well. And I am so grateful that Larry has faith even in the midst of his struggle with cancer and know ultimately God's going to bring the victory. And God is going to bring victory. And Larry, we love you and know God is going to bring you through this storm because of your faith and his love of you. But today, we are to experience the peace of God and allow him to rule our hearts. But then we are to reign in harmony. The second part of verse 15 says, since uh, we are one body, we are called to peace. We are one body, the body of Christ. If we are reconciled with God, then we are to be reconciled with others. You understand, we can't say that, oh, I, I love the Lord and I, he and I are on good standing, but I hate my brother. <laughs> I can't stand my sister. I, I can't get over my, my parents. I, I, can't, I, I just can't stand to be around my coworker. You can't say you truly love God and not love your brother. If we are to be reconciled with God, then we must be reconciled toward others. And I think about all the, the passage of Scripture that talk about harmony and unity. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 7.15, we are called to live in peace. We as followers of Christ. It's a calling to live in peace. In Romans chapter 12, verse 16, Paul said, live in harmony with one another. Romans 12, verse 18, he said, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Did you hear that? If it is possible, as long as it depends on you. You don't have any control on what the other person's going to do, but with God's help, we can control what we do through the power of His Spirit. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you and me, we are to live at peace with everyone. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, and finally, live in harmony with one another. Did Jesus not himself say in that great sermon on the mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, the Beatitudes, he pronounced a blessing on the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Well, I've asked you this before, would people consider you a peacemaker or a troublemaker? Oh yeah, I know, I know that guy, he, he's a troublemaker, that guy he is. I've known him his whole life, he likes to start trouble. Or would they say, I know her, she is the sweetest, she is such a peacemaker. Now I've said this on many occasions, and you heard me mention in my prayer, my mom's not feeling well today, and you've heard me say it before, and I, I would say it even if she was here. My mom, through the years, has been a peacemaker. Can you imagine living in the house with five men, and we had our moments, our, our, some intense moments of fellowship, and my mom was always 
trying to keep peace. And I, I mean that. My mom, as a school teacher and as a church pianist for years and working with church, I don't know of anyone, this is, I can't say this, we all can't say this, I don't know any enemy that my mom has. I don't know anyone who would say that my mom was not who she presented herself to be as a faithful servant of Christ and a peacemaker. I've told you my brothers and I could be fighting in the back seat and my mom was the queen of changing this. Oh, look at that pretty red barn. Oh, did you see that house over there? She could try to change this subject. And I remember even my dad loved watching boxing on television. And, and this was before HBO and pay-per-view. And my dad loved watching, you know, heavyweight championships on there fighting. And, and even during a, a, a commercial break, my dad would get up and slap box my brothers and me because he loved boxing so much and wear us out. And my mom would say, stop, stop. Somebody's going to get hurt. And she said, I can't believe they let two men get in there and half kill each other. Said they outlawed cockfighting. They let people get in and kill one another. She goes, I hate that all that fighting. Well, that's what a lot of people's homes are, war zone. <laughs> you wonder why children sometimes grow up to have anxiety and stress is because they're living in a war zone on a daily basis, yelling matches, shouting matches. And so many times it brings anxiousness and stress and, and worry and fear. But we are to let harmony reign in our lives, unity. We are the body of Christ. We're a bunch of different parts that work together for the common cause of Christ. But look, if we're not getting along and this part is doing this and this part is doing this part and we're not working together as one unit it's going to be chaos but if we all are united in love and harmony then look what we can accomplish for the kingdom of god when we're united united we stand divided we fall and i pray that we would have unity and harmony but then lastly he said since as members of one body we are called to peace and then a simple challenge. And be thankful. And be thankful. I like to call this responding in humble gratitude. Responding in humble gratitude. When we have the peace of God, we are to respond in humble gratitude. I believe that people that have a spirit of thankfulness, those people will experience more peace and harmony in their lives. But if people that don't have a spirit of thankfulness or gratefulness, then they're going to be dissatisfied. They're gonna be agitated. They're gonna be restless. They're not gonna be at peace. But when we have a grateful, thankful heart, then it changes our whole demeanor. It, it brings peace. And those we encounter, they desire to be around us because they sense that we have a spirit of peace and gratitude. Don't we have something to be thankful for today? I mean, maybe God's grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, 
the cross? You've heard me say it over and over. If Jesus never answered another prayer, he's already done enough for you and me when he died on the cross. And today we are to have a humble heart of gratitude and we are to respond with thanksgiving. I think about that passage we share all the time that Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I think about what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Not always happy with how things are, because things don't always go the way we wish they would. But through the midst, we have joy that comes from our faith in Christ. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And as a result, we are in a constant awareness of the presence of God that's praying without ceasing. And to give thanks, not necessarily for, but in all circumstances. What about you today? Do you have a grateful heart and spirit for everything God has done? I can't think of a better time here at Christmas that we would have gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, and that we would be thankful for every good and perfect gift that comes from him. As a matter of fact, one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. In Galatians 5, and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Ephesians 2.14, Paul wrote, He himself is our peace, referring to Christ. He is our peace, and we are to live that peace out on a daily basis. Now, I want to close with a story that I shared just back in the summer, and shared it many times through the years, but there's always some new folks that haven't heard and, and maybe you are one of those folks and you'll come to understand why this story is so special to me in this church. But years ago when I was single and I was living over in the parsonage across the street, I've told you on many occasions I would get knocks at my door. Someone maybe needing some money, gas money or flat tire. Or I thought maybe it was a, a someone off the interstate, a, a, a vagrant, someone that was homeless or somebody passing through. And, and one late afternoon, right when the sun was setting, I, I had a knock at my door and I went to the door and I saw a, a man there who was looked disheveled, had on dirty blue jeans and, and muddy boots and no flannel shirt rolled up and he looked kind of rough and gruff a little bit and and uh, when I opened the door, he said, can you help me? And I said, well, I, I'll try. I, I mean, I, I'll, if I'm able, I'll try to help you. I said, what's the problem? These were his exact words I'll never forget. 
He said, I'm sick up here. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, sir. And all I could think to do, again, you know, don't invite always a, a complete stranger into your home that you've never seen before. And, and I said, well, sir, why don't you sit down? I had a porch swing there on the front porch. I think it's still there maybe. And I said, why don't you have a seat here on the, and I sat on the railing of the porch and he was in the porch swing. And I was praying inside my heart, Lord, give me, the, give me the words that I can help this gentleman. I've never seen him before. I don't know him from Adam. I, I just want to help him. And God led me to a passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 4. It's the story when Jesus had gotten in the boat with his disciples at the lake of Gennesaret, and he said, let's go over to the other side. Y'all remember that story. And when they got into the boat, and they were headed across the lake, uh, a furious squall came up out of nowhere. And that ship was, that boat was being rocked. And, and do you remember Jesus was asleep on a cushion at the stern of the boat? And do you remember the winds and the waves were, were tossing that boat? And, and Jesus was asleep. And his disciples, even though they had seen him perform miracles, they still lacked faith. They still were scared. So they began to panic, and they went to Jesus and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus got up, probably shaking his head like, when are these boys going to learn? How many times am I have to tell them? Jesus got up in the midst of this storm with waves crashing over the boat and the wind swirling around, and he stood up and he raised his hands and said, peace, quiet, be still. And immediately the waves died down and it was completely calm. The disciples said, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? And Jesus turned and looked at them and said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And he felt better, he said. And I had a prayer with my newfound friend. And he walked off my porch, and I thought he was just walking back down the road. I didn't see him again until weeks, maybe even months later. And uh, he showed up at church, at the little church across the street. And when I saw him, I thought, that's that guy that I, that I talked to that that evening on my porch. I'm, I'm so glad he's here. Then after two or three weeks, a lady was with him, found out to be his wife. And then I found out he wasn't homeless at all. As a matter of fact, he lived down 421 here on a beautiful farm with a beautiful home setting back off the road. And, and I went to visit him. And when I got there, I, I began to talk to him and he said, you don't know, do you? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know that day when I came to you. He said, I was in a bad place. I didn't even see a, a vehicle. His truck was parked on the other side of the little church. He said, I decided that day 
that I was going to end my life. And I had a loaded pistol on the front seat of my truck. And I decided life was not worth living. He said, what you don't understand is that God used you to save me that day. And he said, I'm, I'm so grateful. As a result, John Faisal and his wife Marlene would both come to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I had the privilege of baptizing them over in the little church. Little did we know how God would use John in such a mighty way for when we outgrew those little walls and we began to build this church building, what I didn't know that John owned an excavating company. John did all of our excavating, hundreds of thousands of dollars with zero charge. He wanted to do it because of his love of what God had done and his love of this church. And also John, as led by the Lord, took a tree that was on his farm. He, he carved out and placed a beautiful cross over here in the side yard as a testimony of God's saving grace and to thank God for saving him. And for years and years, this cross set over on the side of our church. We have all of our Good Friday 6.30 a.m. services at the cross. And for years and years, as a testimony of God's saving grace, that cross stood there. And then as many of you know, John and his wife would both go to be with the Lord in a relatively short time. And I was able to share this story at his funeral. And then back in 2015, when the cross that John had made was deteriorating and, and, and falling apart, I'm grateful that Carl Kratzer, one of our members who was on the building committee for the Cross Center, along with Melanie Benassi and, and Bill Godby and Jim Laudmill and Billy Wright, they put up a new cross to where it stands now. Carl Kratzer took his chainsaw and, and, and he made those cuts in the cross. Melanie put uh, four coats of marine varnish on it and and there it stands as a witness and a testimony to John Faisal and to our Lord Jesus Christ. And I can't tell you how many people throughout the year come to the foot of the cross to experience peace. I had a lady leaving the first service, one of our members, she said, Todd, before my father passed away, I came and prayed at that cross and I felt such a peace. She said, after years have passed, my mother was nearing the end. I did the same thing and came and prayed and felt such a peace. She said, every good Friday after we pray at the cross, I stay and linger in prayer because it's so peaceful. But you know, the closer we come to the foot of the cross, the more peace we have, no matter what we're going through. And I know some of you are here today and you can't see a silver lining around that dark cloud. You can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I want you to know this and you hear me. God's not done with you yet. God loves you. And he has a reason and a season for everything you're going through. And all you need to do today is give it all to him.
and he'll stand in your midst and say, peace, be still. And those storms that have been swirling in your mind and in your head and your heart and your life will, will begin to subside and your faith will begin to increase. Aren't you ready to experience that kind of peace even now as we pray together? Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people here and Father, they're trying to figure out what's going on and why it's going on and Lord, maybe the why turns into for what purpose? Is it possible that it's to increase our faith? Is it possible to help someone else who are going through things that we've already been through and experienced? But Lord, if there are those here today and they've never accepted the free gift of Jesus, his mercy and his grace, that today might be the day of salvation that we come and, and say, Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin. I invite you to come into my heart and my life and to be my savior. I, from this moment on, I repent from my old life and I follow you walking in newness of life. Lord, I pray some men or women or young people would be bold enough to come and pray that prayer. Or Lord, maybe there are Christians that have gotten off track and, and they wanna come back home to you and experience that peace that we were just talking about. Maybe they've looked for love in all the wrong places. They've looked for purpose in all the wrong places. They've looked for peace. Lord, may they experience real peace with you. Or Lord, maybe someone's been visiting this church. They feel your Holy Spirit. They want to become a, a member of this imperfect church that serves a perfect God. Oh Lord, I pray that we would from this moment on, begin to live for Jesus, who is willing to die for us. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning, I pray that you will feel the peace of God that passes all understanding. We're going to join together in singing together in just a moment. I have decided to follow Jesus. If you have a decision that you need to make and you can make it right at home or if you have questions we'd be happy to answer those questions for you just uh, contact us here at the church or uh, via email and uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions that you have and share how you can have the peace of Christ in your life you join as we sing I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow
I pray today that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you will decide now to follow him. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate your presence. Even though it's just virtual, we're glad that you've tuned in, and we pray that your heart has been touched uh, by the music and by the word that has been shared. I want to remind you that Wednesday night certainly will be a virtual. Uh, we're planning next Sunday to uh, do our choir program. Uh, we'll run the one that we did last year since our choir is not going to be able to share this year. We hope you'll join us and, and uh, celebrate uh, this uh, birth of Christ, this season of the birth of Christ with us as we share next week. But again, thank you for joining us, and please continue to remember all those who are grieving, especially uh, the Lester family as they're moving through this time of grief. And uh, I know you love them, I love them, and, and uh, we want to continue to pray for them and pray the peace of God will rule in their hearts and comfort them during this time, as well as uh, the winters and the Hood family and the Jenkins family. So thank you again for joining us. Join me as we pray together, and then we'll sing together the chorus of the first Noel. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your, the love that you bestow upon us, a love that is so undeserved. And thank you for the peace that comes with that love uh, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're grateful to be able to worship you, Father, even when it's not the way we choose, we prefer but we have the freedom to worship you, and I pray uh, that uh, you will give us wisdom and give us strength during this time. And Father, we pray that uh, as we move forward in the future that uh, this virus will be gone really soon. We know that you can take it away in an instant, but we pray that uh, you will do it, and you will do it in your time, and we trust that. Father, again, thank you for the gift of music, Thank you for this season where we concentrate on the coming of Christ, not only when he came into the world first time, but as we anticipate his coming, which we feel is closer now than it has ever been. And we rejoice that we will all be able to celebrate one day in heaven with you. Father, again, thank you for your love and thank you for your forgiveness, which we all need. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you and God bless you.